Hey, welcome to Scratching the Surface. I'm Jared Fuller, and this is my podcast about design criticism and practice. On this week's episode, I have a wide-ranging conversation with Martin Lawrence and Lupi Asensio. Martin and Lupi are the founders of TwoPoints.net, a Hamburg-based design studio and publishing house. Their work mixes typography and editorial design, publishing, and graphic design. Martin previously worked as a designer at Hort, and Lupi was the director of the graduate design program at Elisava in Barcelona. Both Martin and Lupi have taught extensively, and we spend a lot of the conversation talking about teaching and their own experiences as both practitioners and educators. The studio, in many ways, feels like it's this kind of ongoing workshop where they are blending education and making and publishing, and they're kind of working through their own uh, theories through their work. They're also both prolific writers and uh, currently working on book projects right now. I'm a big fan of their work, and and really enjoyed talking to Martin and Lupi about their practice. I feel like so much of their work embodies this idea of the designer as author, where their work looks wildly different from project to project, but their role certainly isn't invisible. And I think you can thread connections through everything that they do. This was a a fun conversation. I could have talked to them easily for another hour. So I hope that you enjoy it as well. If you're a fan of the podcast and want to help support it, you can become a member for $5 a month or $50 a year to receive an exclusive monthly newsletter that has additional content and episode previews. The December newsletter will be going out early next week. So if you sign up now, you can get that in your inbox. These memberships really help keep the podcast going. And I just appreciate all of your support and hope that you enjoy this conversation with Lupi Asensio and Martin Lawrence. I think a good place to start is to talk about your studio first and talk about two points because I think it's I think you have a really interesting approach I think you have an interesting process I think the kind of work you do is really interesting and so I'd love to just kind of start there and and if you could kind of talk about what two points is what the studio is kind of your mission for the for your work there I think I think uh, Martin should explain because before was um before being a, a design studio was something else and it was a Martin thing. So okay. I think Ma- Martin should start explaining what was to point originally. Okay. About. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's, um, well, that's a really long time ago. <laughs> I mean, it's like 98, 99. Um, it's when I got interested in, um, the work process or the methodology in, in design, but also um, thinking long-term how my professional life is going to be, how I could construct like the, the perfect work environment and how could I work with others together and be inspired by them. So when I, when I graduated in the, at the Royal Academy of Arts in The Hague, I... Uh, this was my proposal. Two points was my proposal. It was like a platform. Um, this was 2000, 2001. Um, it was like a platform where creatives could meet and um, do projects together. And we had several ones. So I created like, for example, there was one that was a Chinese whisper, but a visual Chinese whisper. Mm. Um, I was uploading one image and then someone else could uh, download this image and uh, change it and upload it again oh, without explaining anything else. So it, at the end, you had it like a visual conversation. And um, and, yeah, the, and, and the website I had a cover that was changing with um, people, different people that you were invited, Martin. Exactly. This was oh, super exciting. I mean, this was like, I mean, I don't know. I, I can still can remember that I, I thought it was kind of magical that I could send out an email. Yeah. To the to the designers and illustrators that I loved and that I saw in the books and and I just wrote them and told them, look, I have this platform. Um, would you like to design the cover for this website? So I had then every week another designer or, or illustrator designing a, a cover or even making an animation mm. or programming something for it. Yeah. And, um, and it, I mean, that's, yeah, that's like 2001. It's, it's like, 
Um, it's totally different now, but back then it was like magical to send out an email and someone else on the other side of the world was then suddenly doing something together with you. I think by the time they were not receiving so much, so many emails as the... Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Nowadays, that's why they were unsaved too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I have... Uh, uh, that's so interesting to me, and I have two questions kind of about that. Um, that may or may not be related. Uh, the first question is, you know, you mentioned, Martin, that kind of when you were finishing school, you wanted to have some sort of way to work in a very specific way, or, or you know, you had these ideas of the type of work you were interested in. And I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that. What did that look like to you? Or what, you know, what, what were those ideas that you were trying to, 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 to do? And then the second part of the question is then, how did those ideas then turn into the studio the way it is now? Well, I think that um, Lupi and me, even nowadays, I think we, um, I think what we try to do with every project that we um, that we work on uh, is to to f yeah to, to learn something new as well to yeah. to um, create a space where we can experiment. And and actually never stop learning. So for us, this is um, it's also when we when we approach a, a design project, we think about the process and how we have to reinvent the process as well in order to come up with new solutions. And I think that this search for in every project to for something new is something that is in two points since the beginning when it wasn't an applied design studio. I right. think what has changed is that the projects from uh, 99 until 2007, there have been more like, um, yeah, they hadn't, um, they weren't like professionally adapted in, in the sense of that someone were to use them. It was more it like was a wasn't, research they were not, project. They were not commissioned. There was right, no right. one asking for them. <laughs> Yeah, it was just yeah. Martin uh, wished to do something, <laughs> and it's funny because even he was. Uh, I mean, after he graduated, he got a job offer by a really uh, old bureau that he was really fan uh, of, and we moved to Frankfurt because of this job, and it was a, like like an ideal job because it was really cool borough with a lot of freedom. They were doing LP covers mm. back in the time. Yeah. Uh, and But it's just, uh, still for Martin was not enough. So um, he started doing, uh, I mean, we had visit, uh, a friend visiting and then Martin say, uh, say yeah, let's make a book. Uh, he was staying over the weekend. He said, let's make a book, uh, yeah. 48 hours, 48 pages, no computer. And from there came another project that is the one weekend book series. And um, the, I mean, I, I, I was doing the production, was producing it manually, folding uh, with the machine <laughs> right. on the school where I was studying in Germany in photocopy. Um, uh, we did it like as cheap as it gets. We just did 50 copies of each. Um, in order to be able to make m many. And the next one was Frankfurt again, one weekend book series Frankfurt, because it was someone, another friend visiting. And the third one was finally uh, in, in another place. It was in, in Copenhagen, uh, because we were visiting our friend, but it was like uh, the one, uh, yeah, I mean, Martin was already a professional. I was still studying in Germany, was doing a postgraduate. Um, but it was still like a student uh, right. project. We were going just and crushing in France uh, so fast, and, and and then just going to the supermarket and uh, compiling newspaper in order to have collage material. And this was really really uh, exciting, and for me it's as well like, uh, um, yeah, uh, it, it it describes as well like le the restless. Uh, of Martin that he's never <laughs> um, right. I mean, I, I, not that he's insatisfied but that he still thinks he has more to do even if he has a really <laughs> cool job and he was able to do like a dream job for a designer but he 
thought that he does uh, he still have ways that he couldn't explore so he invented uh, the one weekend book series uh, that was finally print because before right. uh, um, two points uh, projects were online. I mean, then on the other hand as well, uh, this is all. I mean, like for for fun in the way that I mean, this is right. the way as well. How I I, I like to. Uh, I mean, we did our vacations like that. Now we're not doing them like this anymore, and we're doing proper vacations <laughs> now. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but it was also cool, I think, to mix them, uh, even though we went to a place that we did not know and uh, we met people that we did not know. Um, it was, um, I think, I mean, that was interesting to mix with the locals and do do work on your vacation because then you get a part of the real life that you're, it's a different kind of tourism. I mean, for a time, the subtitle of the One Week in Books Paris series has been as well, uh, graphic tourism because it oh, was a different way of um, of making a vacation experience in the places where you are. And I think big point about this whole project is not that really. I mean, now there's Instagram, and um, I'm uploading everything that we did there. And sometimes I think, wow, this illustration was really cool. But actually, it wasn't really about this illustration. It was more about the experience. Right. And in each of the books, there's also an introduction, a written introduction which explains the situation. And the situation itself um, sometimes has been much more interesting than the illustration. I was curious about the One Weekend Book Series, but what I didn't realize is, and tell me tell me if this is, is wrong, but kind of hearing hearing you talk about it, I feel like it actually explains a lot about the, the, the way you run your studio today, at least from an outsider who, who's a fan of your work, in that often graphic design is kind of it's taught that it should be invisible that the role of the designer is to kind of like translate someone else's content into form and what i really love about your work is that it it really has like a clear point of view it 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 has a um it feels like you are bringing so much of yourselves into the work that that you you do have so much fun in the process and i think that comes out in how the work looks and how it functions and then the fact that you also in in a lot of cases are not just doing the visual design but you are working in the editing and in the kind of publishing and in like other areas of the design process and and i'm curious like does that come from those kind of early projects where you were really interested in kind of that experience do you see that filtering into the kind of more client work that you're doing today you know you know what i mean I mean, yeah, that's really interesting that you're uh, that you're asking that question because we were really trying hard, or at least me is not to be visible in my design because I was taught as well when I was first studying in first I studied three years in, in Germany and then um, I moved to The Hague where I followed studying at the Royal Academy where I met Lupi then as well. Okay, and um, and uh, <clears throat> the invisible designer was like. That's the, the way how to make proper design, how to mm-hmm. make good design. I mean, mm-hmm. authorship and design was a movement that happened a bit later. Right. And um, we really also, or at least me, I try to be, um, yeah, like the, the one that uh, realizes the, the message that our client has to send out to the world. But then I, I, I realized at some point as well that... Um, everything you do or the, the vehicle or the, the um, communication tool that you're using is a result of the, of the process of the right. communication with your client, um, of your trajectory as well. You cannot hide who you are and right. what you do. And I actually think that just choosing two points is already part of the, com- of the, of the design process. So right. if you would be like, I don't know what kind of company, then you would probably you wouldn't call uh, two points. If you're, I think if you're contacting two points, uh, then or I mean at least from from like that having looking at our clients, I think you also have to have uh, fun with the process, and you have to be as well. You like to have an argument behind or a reason why you're doing these things. And um, it's not just the aesthetics, it's the, the reason why you use these aesthetics. So yeah, I, I, can't, really, I can't really say that, I'm, that uh, what we are doing there is like us. I think it's more like us 
trying to do something uh, functional, something that works right. for our clients. But I agree, or I have to admit that uh, it's it's that you see us because it's us. But but, but for instance, I I mean I don't know <laughs> because it's a really interesting question. But I we really try to do something different every time right. and uh, not using this. I mean, there's designers that always use same typeface or whatever, you know. And we try to avoid this because. We say that we make like a tailored design, so we are mm -hmm. not like a um, big fashion firma that does uh, many different models, but that we go and measure in the body of the person, and that's as well important part of our job. We don't work with marketing departments; <laughs> we work with the owners of the right. companies. Uh, because there's no filter in what the people, this company and this uh, needs, uh, if you get it from the really, from the essence, from the someone who is the father or mother behind the baby, right? And sometimes the marketing department, they they filter this information and, um, and at the end it's... Uh, Communication is sensitive, so I always, uh, yeah, we are both teachers. Uh, I think we can maybe go later on this. Yeah, yeah, I definitely <laughs> but, want to talk about uh, teaching. I, I used to, 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 to draw a pipe in the board and explain to students that the communication is really sensitive, and if you have direct contact, um, there's not going to be leak of information, but if you put like different part of pipes together <laughs> from mm -hmm. the, um, I don't know, from the accountant to the uh, uh, senior to the junior, blah, blah, blah. There's so much in all those uh, joints. There's so much uh, drops of inf information that can leak um, that is, um, yeah, it is... Uh, it is much more difficult to really get to do it uh, um, properly. So um, what I know about this, we try not to have a style. Um, yeah. uh, and, um, we try, uh, of course, we have some uh, um, things that we like more or, or, or whatever, like everybody. Neon colors. We, <laughs> yeah. yeah, neon colors is really like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have great use of color, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> That's Lupi's department. Yeah, it's great. Department and it's, um, if you see how I wear, you understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid of color. You can't put it that way. Yeah. So, uh, um, but it's, um, but, um, but we work, I mean, I think it's like Martin and me and, uh, and Elio when we do our work with, uh, with Elio that's in Barcelona, but it's as well, uh, really, we are really, really aware of that we are not doing something for ourselves, that we are doing something for someone else and really, really, yeah. really work concept-based. So we extract the essence of this, uh, the core of the message, and we try to translate it, applying forms and colors and productions and grids and so on, yeah, typefaces. I, I, I think that's a really good point. And I think that's, you know, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to say that all of your work looks the same or that, that your style is, <laughs> is somehow overpowering the, the, you know, the content or the client in some way. Like, I think, I think what you're saying is exactly right in that all of your work is very different and you don't have a style. You don't use the same typefaces. There are certain maybe gestures or processes that come up again and again. And maybe that's kind of what I'm drawn to or what I'm trying to articulate is that, you know, there is, you are in the work in some way, even if the work doesn't all look the same, you know, there's some way there is some sort of co-authorship that's happening. And maybe I'm just trying to figure out how you're doing that without that kind of consistent style, you know? I think, I think it, it's, just, um, um, it lays really in the methodology mm -hmm. and, and it is really concept driven. Right. So I, I mean, when uh, I teach my students, I, before they start the project, they have to write down which are the keywords. And mm -hmm. then later I will go, there's like an, um, how you said, you say notar in, 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 in English, like someone who say, okay, this person entitles this person, you know, this kind of official document. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like a, like a notary. Yeah. Yeah. Notary. Yeah. yeah. 
So I will go with this, and then later on in the in the process, when they come with some things, I, I would say, uh, yeah, this is really nice, but let us go back to what you wrote. Yeah, mm. okay, this doesn't reflect what you wrote, so it's really pretty, but you can use it, because it was never the aim. Right. So because it's really easy, and we know this, it's really easy to get loose in the form and in the fascination by the form. And to get too excited about forms and color, but you have to go back <laughs> to what is the yeah, yeah what is the aim of the communication and um, and uh, this is really important and and I, I think it's like uh, attention to detail is something that you can uh, say that we we don't look at the clock when we are doing a project and uh, <laughs> and then and, and sometimes I think we are losing money, but doesn't matter. <laughs> I, because, I have something. Yeah. I have something to add about the the process because this is something really important that Lupit mentioned there, and I think that's as well something that relates to the question that you had before about the um, the one week in book series because in the one week in book series the the process has been uh, mostly intuitive and um, mm. and emotionally responding to what the other illustrator uh, or designer was doing. And um, the big difference between the one week of book series and um, the design work that we do is that we have, uh, we, we create or design different phases in the project. And the first phase is a very rational phase in which we mm. make research about um, the market, uh, the client, the uh, mm. uh, competitors, um, the, the message. Um, we, we have to formulate um, a question so we are able to answer that question. And that's a really rational process. Right. But then I think, and that, I think that's maybe the influence from, um, from the Dutch education that we got is that uh, we have first this, this rational phase and then comes the intuitive phase in which we experiment a lot. Like a lot of the, um, what we did there at the Royal Academy was as well experimenting and just doing stuff and not knowing right. if this is going to end up in something that we can use. Mm. But anyway, you need this phase to, to try new things in order to do, come up with something that is surprising. Because if you're going to not, if you do not have this phase, then you're going to end up always with the easiest solution and right. the first solution right. that you get. But then at the end, after that, um, intuitive phase, then you have again that rational phase that Lupi was talking about. You have to go back to your initial phase and ask yourself, is this the, a the answer to uh, your question or if right. or, or it's not? And then, I mean, that's the, I think that's the crucial part of the project and either you can use it or you can't use it. Um, yeah. But we always, um, we ask ourselves this. Can we talk a little bit more about that process and maybe start to connect that to your teaching work? Because you know, that is something that I wanted to talk to you about also. And I'm, I, I have a series of questions around teaching that, that we could kind of go into. But, you know, maybe maybe let's just start with how you both started teaching. And it seems like like teaching and education is such a big part of what you do and how you think about your work. So how did that kind of come into this? So now I have to be the one who talks more. <laughs> Because I'm the one who always wanted to be teacher. Oh, interesting. I study in, uh, I mean, uh, the, the point is, um, I mean, not always like since I was a small, I, when I was little, I wanted to be like singer and actress and police <laughs> woman because I was watching Charlie Angels and uh, all that kind of things that yeah. were not really uh, <laughs> yeah. coming together. Um, uh, but... Um, the point is, I study in, in uh, art with uh, a specialty design in the University of Barcelona. And then I did Erasmus because uh, in my university we have like photo and sculpture and mm. painting and, and, and even in the specialty of de design we have both graphic and industrial. It depends what oh, the teacher was, yeah. we will get industrial design too. So I wanted to be just graphic just graphic focus just in graphic design um because i realized i I'm, i was really good in concept but i was not really good uh, formally um mm. so i went to to um to make an erasmus that is like a europe european program where you can exchange uh, one semester uh or 
yeah, um, of yeah, you, and you can come back to your uni, and they, yeah, they will uh, how you call this convalidate. Uh, yeah, the, the subjects that you did in the in the in the foreign university, you don't have to do again. Oh right. So right, to say, right. so the credits, no, not the subjects because they they could be different. And there I meet Martin, and they are yeah. It was totally for me. It was like a shock. All these guys were designing because in Spain we have like a really um, uh, yeah we are afraid to do something ugly, mm. you know. And um, I think in and and uh, and we are not really good formally uh, as well. Um, various reasons, but we have a dictature and um, we have some years there <laughs> uh, that are lost in culture uh, where we didn't really advance at the same uh, yeah, pace mm. that Euro the rest of Europe, particularly the North, but as well, the Italians were really good as well, in, especially in Industria. So, um, yeah, um, I was going to Holland and I was like, oh my God, because they were not afraid of making something, may, may I say, shitty? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they were not afraid of doing something <laughs> shitty, and sometimes they were doing such a shitty things, but so interesting as well. I mean, they, they were so ugly that they strike you. Right. Because they were new. And then, uh, yeah, it was like losing your virginity there, you know, like, <laughs> okay, I don't have to be afraid anymore, you know? Right. I, and I think this was really, and then um, when Martin got a job in Germany, I, it was two people in, uh, in, I mean, in the class, they were really good in topography. And this was Martin and another girl from the same university as Martin. So when Martin got the chance to, um, to get a job in Frankfurt, I, I thought I want to study in the same university with the same teacher. Mm. Um, and I had the luck. Um, she was a Canadian, so she would speak with me in English because I did in New German. <laughs> and then I did topography, Swiss topography, because she studied in Basel uh, with her in the same school where Martin uh, was the teacher of, uh, previous ma uh, um, yeah. teacher of Martin, too with Sandra Hoffman and um, and then later I wanted to stay there but this was like um, uh, be before in Germany you have like a technical school and high school uh, and, and I mean um, yeah like a two kind of universities for instance in architecture you could do like something more technical or something more advanced right, right? and then um, the school where I was going was technical so they they won't have postgraduate in this uh, university and um, I did um, I stayed two semesters, but I couldn't stay more as a guest student. And they will tell me I have to go from the beginning and matriculate myself in the first class. Right. And I already did six years uh, in art. And I was like, oh, come on, some of the things I could teach them, you know. And then I moved to another university in Germany where I study as well topography. Um, and then I did a, uh, well, the, the point is I did a postgraduate okay. in uh, visual communication as well because in Spain at the time I studied, you, you just was collecting like credits and then the moment you have three, uh, 330 credits, you were finished. And mm. in Germany or in Holland, um, I suppose other countries too, but I visited this too, they really have a project where they could focus one semester just in one thing, not doing different uh, theory right. and other um, parallel. So, um, so I wanted to do just one project. Uh, but at the end, I end up doing more parallel things because I have free time. But uh, um, initially, I wanted to do a postgraduate. Uh, I did a postgraduate in a German university in Offenbach about synesthesy, that is, um, yeah, I was trying to see if there's like a common ground, you know what is synesthetic people? Yeah, people that yeah. smell flavors and, and right. uh, hear colors and yeah. yeah. So I did something like this, then I, I did a project where I, um, I tried to tra translate um, color, uh, I mean, uh, pictures and smells and textures and sounds mm. and I have the help of a perfume firma in Barcelona and a, and a pianist that will give me the examples um, in um, for the music part 
and I did the visual and the texture. Uh, uh, and then, um, yeah, and parallel, because I have so much free time, I start uh, studying c cinema because it was like really, um, this university was like the opposite of the other German university that I had before, like where everything was really like German, rational. Mm, mm. And this one was like a hippie mess, <laughs> you know, uh, they call it learn by doing because the teachers were not really teaching so but the people will go there and they will help each other and you could get a eight millimeters camera over the weekend and do your short film and right. give it back so it was really cool and um, and then after all this experience you know like in holland that it was really amazing but they were missing a lot of theory and I, I realized how important theory was and how happy I was that I did four years of uh, art history and I did two years of uh, aesthetics and, um, mm. and one year of uh, design theory. And, 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 and I realized that there was, I studied in four universities and I, did, I realized no one was perfect. <laughs> there they was, uh, how you call it, frame to improve? Or, or, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to improve. But there were good things in every one of them. So I feel like, okay, now that I have this knowledge, I really could teach what I think is better. Oh, interesting. Because, uh, I mean, at the end, I study, I end up studying nine years. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I was the oldest ever um, in, my, in, in my classroom always. So, um, so I have this teacher of topography in the second university. Uh, and then I went there and tell her... Uh, what I have to do to be teacher and she say, no, he will say, um, yeah, you have to be famous. And say, what? I, mean, I was such a downer because I yeah. thought, okay, if you tell me you have to be good, I can work on this, but famous, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Uh, it's so really banal to me. And uh, of course you're going to be famous if you have your own bureau with your own surname, but not everybody, uh, gets his own bureau. At the end, we end up having one, but I didn't know at the time. So I find it really strange. And that's um, Martin as well arrived at that moment, uh, top of capabilities or, 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 yeah. or in, in the bureau where he was working in this where we decided to, in 2005, go back to Barcelona so I could be teacher there mm. where I did it to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, and then, uh, in October of 2005, we moved to Barcelona. Uh, I start teaching straight away, and then um, Martin start teaching um, one semester, and then I will uh, teach in the same postgraduate as Martin. They offered me to be academic director. This means I will do, I, I could do a master, and this is oh. for me what is interesting, you know, because. Um, of course, you're a teacher, you do this part and this, but uh, after my experience, and I teach now in some German universities uh, as well, like everybody do his shit, but there's no really common ground. Right, right. Out the name of the subject that is so big that you can teach nearly anything. So what, what I was interested in to make like a, a, study, a study plan where everything was connected. And I have this... Um, Think that the, the person that was coordinating the, the master before, before uh, I stepped in told me, yeah, you have to leave always two weeks afterwards because if I, one teacher fails, then you can catch up and say, no, but if one teacher fails, I don't need him because I need that he comes this week. So because next week it, I'm going to explain something that they need this right. knowledge. Right. So uh, it doesn't work for me this way because everything was connected. And I think, I don't know, I mean, we have great ex-students uh, out of this and uh, really good professional and they are really happy because uh, as well, we, we will have communication in between teachers, you know, that one teacher know what the other teacher right. is doing. So right. we can refer, refer to, yeah, because uh, Martin is explaining you this or Jesus is explaining you this and, and this, I mean, it, I mean, I think this, it should be the normal, but the students were like, oh, wow, these people talk to each other, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
and uh, I think it, it, this was like a really uh, good experience. And uh, and in this 2007, when I got to the master, I asked Martin to teach visual systems mm-hmm. because no one in the world Europe was teaching visual system <laughs> as such. And Martin was reluctant because uh, he can explain <laughs> his old family are teachers. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's, I mean, it's like, I'm, I, I mean, I, it's like, I, it's, yeah, I mean, I enjoy, enjoy teaching a lot. And I also see that it's something that I can do well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just because everyone in my family is a teacher. Oh, that's I just funny. thought that this would be the most boring thing to do for me <laughs> to teach as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was really reluctant, but it's, um, but I think, I mean, it's, Lupi is right. I think it's, um, it's also, I think it's, it complements well as well the the other work that we do because we in some lectures we were talking about our pillars um like what's our basic definition or how right. we define or how we would like to um to work and, and live and and it's um it's um learn teach and apply and it's mm, i like that it's one circle and um it's all part of the lifelong learning and teaching and uh, applying and i think that's that's i think our biggest joy as well comes from learning new things and then also rationalizing about what we learned and then teach others about what we learned what and and what i mean of course uh, of course visual system is something that is more new but in the way that we uh, teach is very different in the in the way that we don't we don't believe in teaching app design or web design or this, but we think that you should have like a general right, background right. of knowledge, like topography. And I mean, Martin never did, or I, we never did editorial design as such, but we did really good topography and we learned to do projects. And yeah, and then editorial project is a topography project. So. Um, but now it's like really think every very segmented, you know, like uh, yeah. this and this and this, and it's like and and then you lose completely the overview yeah. and the interconnections and, and and yeah, and we and in this in this way we are old school teaching in the way that we think about yeah the profile of uh, yeah Martin put it down like a the 60s designers where they can do everything right you know? right and they will think yeah they have this holistic view and not thinking about yeah of course later every media has his pros and contrast and uh, colors and pro- production and stuff is not the same in on screen or printed or it depends how you print even but um yeah, but this is something that is um, that it, yeah that is that you can learn. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. But, uh, to learn what you think is the most <laughs> and the most uh, yeah sometimes they don't teach uh, really this. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I feel like I feel like in in that answer I I have like so many questions that I could kind of pull out of that to kind of go deeper on. But something, something that I do kind of want to want to ask you about a bit is that that kind of intersection or the relationship between the teaching and the studio and that kind of complete circle and that kind of lifelong learning is something that I'm really interested in. And I think that's why I like teaching so much also is that it, it allows me to kind of keep, uh, kind of keep learning new things. I'm curious how, how the, the relationship between if you could talk more about the relationship between kind of things that you're teaching and how that maybe filters back into your studio work or your client work or vice versa how the the work you're doing in the studio is kind of filtering in or influencing how you think about teaching what we need is all these three pillars the research the um the application of uh and the, and then the teaching uh, because each one of these um, pillars, so to say, has a um, helps us as well right, uh, right. in our well trajectory. I mean, we make we need to make make research to find out um, what's new or how the world is changing. Right, how do yeah. we have to 
change in order to um, to to create or produce something relevant or to produce something that works um, for our clients. Um, but in the research, I mean, we both did a, a master degree as well, and um, I did a PhD on flexible visual systems oh, and visual identities. And um, and and something that is maybe just like a day-to-day -day, um, research when you, I mean, when you just look around what other people are doing, um, or if you're if you're doing book a book, for example, we're doing a lot of books as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This just gets to a totally different level if you're doing a if you're doing a PhD or, or a master right. degree and you start researching as well about the um, the past and the and the present and you're trying to uh, understand what happened there and yeah. you try to connect much more different uh, points of it and then um, uh, I think that it's really important as well for us then to apply that because I remember right. um, that uh, that at the university where I was doing the PhD that I sometimes felt like the worst researcher at this university <laughs> in the sense that I did not have um, like the time that they had and um, they were they were had much more time to spend on their on their research so um, technically I think they're probably their their work that has been better but on the other hand they researched about such stupid subjects and stuff <laughs> such Stupid things yeah. that, and intuitively knew because I was a I was a designer working as well as a designer oh, and not right. just researching about design. I knew intuitively what makes sense to research about and what doesn't make sense to research about. And um, it sometimes can become like a, a, a like a nonsensical uh, project of research. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. If it's not if it's not going to be adapted to something practical, at least in design, I think that in design, I mean, in other uh, fields, it's different. But I think at the end, um, it should be uh, even the research should be had should have a um, practical mm -hmm. sense. And then as well, like developing different, um, uh, it helps them as well when you have to break this down for your student and explain what you research because. With your research, you you becoming like a super nerd about a subject, <laughs> yeah. And nobody else understands you, or like five people in the world, or ten people, or twenty understand what you're right, talking right. about, but no one else. And this is also not really useful. So then breaking it down for your students and and finding a way how to explain it to them, I find as well really helpful. And I don't I don't remember who said that, but. I think um, I read this somewhere that someone said that if you cannot explain this to uh, your theory to a child, then the, your theory probably is wrong. What right. I wanted to mention is that, um, um, yeah, he didn't have much time, but and this is important, uh, um, and and this is uh, he was missing the tools because we uh, know how visual communication works, but mm -hmm. not we don't such a control over the words. We have control over the image. Right, right. <laughs> Our message, they go on the image. They don't go on words. So he was as much slowlier uh, than other people, uh, whatever subjects they might have, because most of them, they came from theory and from art history or things like that. Mm -hmm. And then um, this, of course, it will uh, slow uh, down He's, I mean, he took longer maybe than other people, but as well, was interesting that for once of not so often happened, a designer was talking about design because otherwise you have to uh, wait 20 or more years after the thing had happened so that someone from history comes and have an overview right. and then he was doing flexible visual identities and researching about flexible mm. visual identities. And it's really good as well um, um, to go back yeah. into what the others are doing and not looking at what the others are doing, like watching blogs to see how cool <laughs> things, but really learning how the process and 
and the systems behind and uh, yeah analytical because of course uh, in, uh, research has to be really methodological and you have to justify every move so um yeah this was really difficult and and, and, and but it, that's why it was more special yeah <laughs> because it was a, a yeah practicing designer doing a phd and now he's uh, breaking down the nerdish of the phd into a book oh nice uh, uh, yeah <laughs> that is gonna take as well really long because he's still teaching and <laughs> designing and quarantine yeah yeah <laughs> But um, yeah, this was about teaching and, and, and how we do it with this. And for me, it's as well uh, really interesting about teaching how I communicate with the students because I used to um, I use a lot of metaphors uh, in, with the students. And I, I realized cinema is not something that I can use much uh, nowadays. Mm. Um, serious, I can use. But uh, because, the, I mean, I even open a Facebook group that I live here. And if someone of your listeners want to, uh, <laughs> it is a hidden and it's private. So I just I accept invitations of people who, uh, <laughs> right. as for yeah. students, I make a Facebook group of inspiration. Okay. And I just want to put those things that are really interesting because they are after, yeah, they are internet native, but they don't, right. they don't have culture and there's so much there so I, I i post there things interesting about painting architecture music uh, art whatever you know uh, video clips and um and but back then even in 2005 i remember in the first first school where i was teaching typography that uh, they offer us um um, um, to the teachers, they told us uh, there's something in particular. They, I mean, the school can pay someone that teach you something, you know, like mm -hmm. a, like for for this um, upgrade or uh, you know something that you need to learn right. uh, for the teachers. And then someone say, well, it was a, a a bit old teacher say, I will let you know this about PDFs and how to do them. And <laughs> yeah. 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 And then I said, what I'm interested in is to invite a psychopedagogue and to understand how I co communicate with these people. Because I I see myself buying a PlayStation in order to... <laughs> right. Really. Right. I know I what need, you mean. I need image to communicate with these people, you know? And... Uh, and if we don't see the same people and we don't consume the, the same people, I don't know how to, you know? So, um, for instance, I have, um, for visual communication, I have um, um, some, um, I have a PDF uh, with, uh, I have one about um, video clips uh, that starts in uh, with AHA. So, <laughs> so that they can see that even when there was not uh, yeah. yeah, nearly no computers. You can see things cool and uh, right. innovative, and um, and then I see which is the yeah. Of course, I put the director, the director, and the designer, and everything there. Um, but nowadays, uh, of course, I have all the Michel Gondry and um, yeah, 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 and uh, Chris Cunningham and stuff. Um, but and I have another one uh, with credits uh, of uh, of movies. Oh yeah. And I have, of course, um, Old Soul Bass, uh, right, 60s. Right. Yep. Uh, and then I, lately, the, the last one that I'm adding are all these uh, series, uh, Game of Thrones, True Detective. They know, yeah, they yeah. are more serious now. So I find this a way to, to, to find, yeah. 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 <laughs> You're exactly right. This is my experience teaching also. And it, it really surprised me when I first started teaching because I wasn't I wasn't I didn't think I was that much older than them. But all of my references and things that inspired me just they didn't get it because, yeah, they were interested in television series or or YouTube channels or video games, all things that I had had kind of missed. I think that's I, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, and it kind of leads in. I have two more questions, and these are two questions that I uh, kind of end all of these these interviews with. And you started to touch on on this first one a little bit, both with what you were just talking about, and then Martin with your um, flexible identity research. I'm kind of curious, what are the th topics that you're thinking about right now, or what are things that you're 
you know, kind of currently researching or investigating or what are the things you're kind of learning about right now? Yeah, I mean, Lupi already mentioned um, the book about flexible visual, visual systems. It's more going to be about systems mm. in general, but in particular about uh, the application and flexible visual identities. And the, um, it's, it's not just going to be about uh, how they work and where they come from and how you could um, um, yeah how you could categorize them mm -hmm. but it's going to be a really hands-on guide as well how to develop flexible visual identities oh interesting and I think that's 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 a book that is not out there yet yeah um, but it's something that I think uh, um, designers of today have to think about it's not right. going to be you can't really separate uh the um, the the printed topography from the kinetic topography from yeah. the yeah. responsive topography it's all going to be one you know yeah and i think it's just going to be um the system is going to be the same but the application or what you generate out of the system is going to be different we still have different communication channels that have different uh, characteristics and um, our system has to be responsive to them. But in order to have coherent um, communication, we need the system. And in order to be able to build one of these, um, I'm going to well, I'm going to use the model that I developed in my PhD. But I'm going to explain it and apply it so everybody That's understands as well how this this is going to work. Because also something that I recognized, I mean, I already recognized this at the different design schools we were teaching at, um, but I still see that as well in, in, in nowadays publications and blogs and everything, that we, we, there still has to happen a sort of mind shift away from the talking and thinking about logos. Like, I don't understand yeah. it when... When people are get really worked uh, <laughs> yeah. about logos, you know, when, yeah. when they say, "Oh, this logos, this new logo of of this company is so bad," but it's it's. I mean, you you, you just don't have the uh, criteria. You you can't decide if this is bad or not because this is just one frame of right. a long movie. It's just one piece of an entire yes. system. So yeah, you have to see the whole thing to be able to judge if this is good or bad and um, and well it's related to that I mean that's the the book that um, that's like uh, well I, I won't say that's my life work because <laughs> I hope to live a bit longer and yeah. I hope to do other stuff afterwards but this is going to be a really important book um, yeah. for, for me but you're also doing another one which is going to be exciting as well about uh, variable typography oh interesting um, for Victionary, and it's we did um, uh, interviews as well uh, for this book with with Feixen, with Felix Feffli from Feixen, and mm. with uh, Mitch from Dia. Um, oh yeah, and um, and then we have it's we start uh, to with various fonts, but then we recognized as well that actually it uh, there could have been as well a book about. Uh, flexible visual identities mm. um, and that is much more interesting as well not just to talk about um, yeah. variable fonts but to talk about responsive typography to talk about uh, kinetic typography and get an overview about what is happening actually in, in design and um, in particular in the in the in typography mm -hmm. and yeah that's something really interesting that we are working right now on and uh, um, I think it's just going to take a couple more weeks and hopefully it's going to be out already in, in autumn. Oh, Let's nice. See. My interest in it, a novel I'm writing uh, since 2014. Okay. And um, you can edit this if you want because it's kind of personal, but I like to mention. Okay. We have been in 2013 a really, really bad client hmm. uh, and I have a burnout and I end up in the hospital and I got brain surgery. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, uh, this is about telling people if you have a client that sucks, get rid of him because it's not worth it, your time and your health. 
right. another one is coming. Of course, everybody knows, everybody has to pay the rent, but you have to watch your limits and you have to listen to your body uh, because sometimes yeah. it's too much yeah. <laughs> and you have to learn from this as well. Uh, it's not worth it. No client, no project is worth it. Your health. So um, afterwards, I I always, uh, I mean, afterwards, I uh, scratch myself in a in a in a writing course in Barcelona. Uh, now I follow online because I have the luck that they have online courses. Mm. And and it was funny that the first uh, day we have to introduce our, uh, ourselves, our name, uh, where we were for profession, and why we were there. Many of the people in my group and in the school in general were people that um, already, um, uh, how, how do you call it, like rented people, you know, uh, people. I'll call this, uh, Martin, how do you say this? Like mm, old people that don't work anymore. Oh, retired, <laughs> retired people. Ah, yeah. retired. Yeah. yeah. yeah I just, sorry, I mixed German and Spanish and English. Yeah. No, 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 it's okay. <laughs> rented people is a nice concept as well. Yeah. Rented people is uh, something different. <laughs> so, and, um, um, so uh, many people were retired there and they have plenty of time, of course. Mm -hmm. And then I was the last uh, to introduce myself and I said, I actually don't have time to be here. Uh, and I always thought I would do this when I'm older because I really like uh, reading. But I was so short about not to get old yeah. <laughs> that I did. I, yeah, I'd rather do it now. And um and it's uh, yeah, it is um, this topic um, novel, and um, mm. and then I'm reflecting a lot about society, and because actually it's a dystopic novel where I basically talks about the present. How there are some people that live, yeah, yeah, have technology and everything. Other people have nothing, and yeah, yeah. you know. And, and other people are trying to combine uh, something like, a, um, um, yeah, being aware of the planet, but not going back to the cave. Right. <laughs> so right. I still have some. So this is uh, my passion. And, um, and, and I mean, I'm reading a lot as well. Um, and then I really proud because uh, I, I was doing this long time ago, but I'm doing, uh, I just did editorial course in one uh, university and then I, they, um, they will do, I mean, um, they did, um, uh, first I give them tales that they couldn't choose mm. and then I gave them classical, like the, stru the structures of uh, Graham Greene and, um, and the swimmer of John Cheever, some others, and they will love it. And they, yeah, and then later they, they will do a book and they can choose, they could choose the book. Uh, but if they didn't come with idea, they will tell me what, what they like and I will suggest a book. And mm. then I have this girl coming to me because I recommend her Fahrenheit 451 coming to me so thrilled that she discovered Fahrenheit 451 and asking me if I can recommend her more books. Yeah of this kind of and then of course i recommend her um, um yeah 1984 and yeah. then and then those uh, yeah one the one of blade runner and you know and i'm as well really proud that i can uh, teach those uh, yeah. generations because they are not even millennials anymore uh some things of the past that are still um useful and of course uh, the hand uh, yeah this is newer the handmaid's tale uh yeah yeah but it's, you know i'm really really happy about that they uh, and they what i'm really happy and this is something that is um common into martin and my teacher uh and because you asked before with two points we don't want we don't show two points work we don't want to be like the, the students be like us right um i just showed two points work when it's like um, printing mistakes or Printing things mm, that mm, and mm -hmm. explain why this happened or why this, you know, when I explain like something like backstage uh, of production, then I will bring some uh, of our things. But um, I'm really happy, I'm really proud when they do things that I will never do myself. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really cool because they are finding their path and this is what it's about, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, and you started answering my last question, actually, because um, I, I always like to end these with some recommendations of your favorite books or authors or kind of people <laughs> that have, have really kind of influenced both of you. Um, and you started you started giving a, a list, but you know, are there other people or or writers or books that have you know you find yourself turning to again and again? I have to recommend uh, really. I mean, I, I I mean, what I really onto is like sci-fi because my novel is mm. as well about this. But I have to recommend something, and then Martin will agree with me <laughs> that is uh, really great. And it's, it is this book that is one of the best books I ever had. And in the German edition, because I, I, I'm giving this as a gift a lot in German to German people. And it was something that I found in a flea market for three. I mean, it, uh, it was like a public library that sometimes they get rid of oh, books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So for three euros. And it, so the author is Jorge Volpi. It is a Mexican. He is alive. Okay. Um, and this, uh, the particular book, uh, it is uh, is called. Um, I have to look for the translation in English because in search of cleanser. But it's this crazy. He's talking. He's a detective story. But he's talking. Uh, it is in the in the fifties and after the Second World War. He's talking about mathematics and about Einstein and the and the. Uh, but everything like really like uh, for not scientific, you know. Right. So you learn on a lot of uh, novels where you learn something else, or you books where you discover another books. Right. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. This. Like can go on the knowledge and spread the culture. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, Martin, what about you? Do you have any any dad? Um. Well, I'm, right now, I'm, I'm, I mean, Lupi is my uh, is, is giving me a lot of recommendations because yeah. she's reading a lot, yeah, uh, more than I would uh, I would like to. Um, <laughs> so she, she, uh, and she already, I mean, she buys them for me. So I have like oh, piles nice. of books at, uh, that I have to read. But right now, I'm I'm reading um, the Artificial Ape, and oh, um, I don't know this one. And and it's really good. I, I love that book because it's um, well. He's 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 talking about uh, how he's much paleontolic guy. Mm. Yes, you know? guy that exactly. looks for bones. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, and and he's questioning the the evolution theory of of Darwin and uh, the theory that oh, our our brains grew because or because our brains were getting bigger, we right. were able to create better tools. And um, and and it's about actually the um, how you call this the um, um, the evolution centrism that you think that you're the center of the evolution and you measure the world around you by your criteria. Right. But he's then arguing that, um, for example, the Tasmanian Aborigines um, who were seen as um, the tribe with the, or the, the race with the lowest um, evolution that it's mm. that uh, that this actually makes no sense because just because they do not build houses and do not know how to make fire does not mean that they are um, that they are less um, evolved right. I mean we nowadays we don't do not know I mean in theory we know how to make fire but if we really try to make a fire, we probably won't succeed. So, right. And right. that's a really interesting one. And one recommendation that I could give uh, to everyone, every age, and a book or books that I'm reading, oh, yeah. read a thousand <laughs> times, is, is uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy from oh, Douglas Adams. I, mean, I, haven't, I, just, I haven't read this yet oh, for some reason. You have to read this. I just. Okay. I mean, I just like, I, I just love every s- sentence. It's just like such a pleasure. It's like, I yeah. don't know, something like a delicious dish that you're eating really slowly. Yeah. That's, it's, it's hilarious, but it's a lot, it's a, it has a lot of philosophical background, you know? Yeah. So it's really funny, but it, it, set, it set very important questions. Yeah, and, that's, um, it's one of those books that it's like, I'm embarrassed that I haven't read it because, you know, it's just... You know, I know about it. I've seen it around. Everyone tells me to read it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. But it's, you're going to have so much fun. It's not like Prost or something. Okay. Like it's like, 
yeah, people say yeah. you should read it, but you think like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm in, no, the, mood. I'm in the mood for sure for uh, that. No, yeah, you, have, you really have to read it. Okay. <laughs> it's funny. It's, and it's, it's like really his kind of humor as well. Yeah. I mean, it's like he writes, um, nothing was happening. One minute later, still nothing was happening. And it's just going on like that. Yeah. It's just... And it's a really, really uh, hilarious book. All right. really. It's really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm adding it to the list right now. And this was so great. I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm a like, like I said, I'm a big fan of your work, and it was great to kind of just talk to you about how you think about all of these things. So thank you so much for for being on the podcast. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> this episode was recorded on August 9th, 2018. Our theme music is by Andy Borgasani. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Surface Podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcast and at ScratchingTheSurface.fm. Thanks for listening. <laughs>